2: Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. A Podcast
3: One production. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. On this episode of Health Hacker, we're looking at a more holistic approach to our health, namely through the phrase, a life of greatness, this phrase was coined by podcaster Sarah Greenberg, who's been interviewing people from all around the world, asking them what a life of greatness means to them. It's really interesting the answer she's been getting. She's going to share those insights with us today. Sarah, thank you so much for joining Adam and I on Health Hacker.
0: It's a pleasure.
3: So Sarah, I know that your quest for a life of greatness started with you meditating for the first time. Can you explain how meditation started in your life and what it's done for you?
0: So it was it was a few years ago actually I was a breakfast radio producer and it was yeah, you know for anyone that's done breakfast radio producing it's just so tough weirdest hours so I was up at 3:30 in the morning and at that time I had a 2-year-old and a 4-year-old so I was literally waking up going to work at you know 3:30 in the morning after I'd wake you know woken at 3 or whatever and then working up until, you know, the afternoon, it was absolutely exhausting. And it was really, really tough conditions. And I I was doing that, you know, month after month, there was a lot of pressure on the show that I was uh, producing. And it got really hard. And I remember there was a time even that I was like, going to sleep at the same time as the kids were. And it, just became this monotonous thing of waking up, doing work, going to sleep. But it was really painful. It was a really painful time for me. And there was this there was this moment where I remember lying in bed thinking to myself, there must be more to life than this. There must be. Like, how could there not be more to life than this? And literally, I thought to myself, all right, who are the people around me that have achieved great things? You know, one thing is in this age of knowledge, like knowledge is power, how have people gotten to where they are? So I started to look at the people that I was surrounded by. And being a producer, I'm always surrounded by, you know, really inspiring, fabulous people. And I started to immerse myself in what these people were doing. And, you know, that kind of spurred me on to then obviously reading books and following literature and all these kind of great people and great minds. And the more that I did that the more that I saw there were these kind of, you know, basic things that people were doing that were really enhancing their life and changing the way that their life was. And so I kept doing it and kept doing it. And I realised, my God, my life started changing. And this wasn't just, you know, fuddy-duddy kind of stuff. This was real. And so, you know, really getting getting into those texts and being able to embody what these people spoke about, I just I – just, saw my life flourish in the most amazing ways. And I ended up finishing Breakfast Radio that year and basically got the job at Podcast One and um, and then started producing some amazing podcasts there and had this idea of, you know, what about, what if I, I you know, was able to, to interview the people that I had learned from and be, in, be able to then show them to the world. And so anyone that was in the situa- situation I was in was able to gain all the knowledge that I was. And that's how a life of greatness started. And, you know, my my life has just changed in the most magical of ways and, and keeps changing and I keep learning and it's, it's just been the most fabulous, fabulous journey.
1: Well, I think what's exciting about that is anyone that's listening to this who is struggling can realise that you can really turn your life around quite quickly and that we are very adaptable as a species. You know, our, our organs reproduce and remake themselves every uh, couple of months, Um, you know, our thoughts can change on a dime. So what is your definition of greatness, living a life of greatness?
0: Well, I would say living a life of greatness, you know, is making a difference in the world. It's contributing to the whole and helping others. It's a life of service, a life of empathy, a life of gratitude. If we contribute to the world collectively, it allows us to then make a better world than the one that we came in with. And that truly is a life of greatness.
3: From all the people you've interviewed, I want to unpack now how you've gotten to the answer of what a life of greatness is. Because you gave us a very clear answer then, but, but that's obviously taken a lot of episodes and a lot of research to be able to give us such a clear answer. You've interviewed some amazing people from um, Holocaust survivors to experts in spirituality and comedians like Hamish and Andy. What are the common things across all of your guests that you are noticing that has led them to their own life of greatness?
0: The first thing would be a positive mindset. And it's, you know, that's easily said than done. Like, well, we just think positively. But one of, one of my biggest teachings from a guy that I interviewed called Dr. Joe Dispenza, who's a neuroscientist and one of the leading uh, people in epigenetics and quantum physics is you change your energy, you change your life and i can't begin to tell you how that has had such an effect on me and you know bruce lipton who's one of the the biggest biggest leaders in epigenetics says the same things you change your energy you change your life you change your state hamish and andy don't walk around sad they they don't and even if something happens that isn't great they lift themselves back up you know i spoke to that holocaust survivor and she went through the worst atrocities anyone could ever have imagined And she sits there and tells me she doesn't hate anyone. These people, they don't harbour these emotions. And if they are brought into, uh, you know, some sort of point in their life where things that are not great happen, which everyone has, it's, it's, it's a learning for them and they move on. So it's about being able to get out of those sad emotions fast and bring your energy back into an emotion of happiness, an emotion of joy. As soon as you change your energy, you change your life. And that's what I always live by.
1: And can you expand on Dr. Bruce Lipton, who I know, and Joe Dispenza as well? Can you expand on, for people out there that are listening to this, just the power of our thoughts and the impact that has on our physiology in particular?
0: So it's really interesting, and Bruce Lipton and Joe both talk about this, but especially Bruce. So basically uh, when we're born, we work from the subconscious mind till up until approximately age seven. Our subconscious mind is like literally just taking in everything that we're seeing. and usually when you up till age seven, that's community or family that you're around. So you are mimicking who is around you. You have people around you that are not great or you know, your parents are maybe dismissive of you, or there's a lot of shouting, or it's a, you know, that that kind of environment that you're in, your subconscious mind is becoming wired to everything that you're seeing and that you're hearing. So from that, that then goes from seven years old into the conscious mind, where you start living out your desires and dreams. But if the subconscious mind is plagued with all these negative thoughts, that's how your behavior is going to go. And that's where all those negative kind of thought patterns come from. So, you know, in your conscious mind, you can think wishes and desires like, I want to be happy and, uh, you know, I want to be wealthy and I want to be successful. But if your subconscious mind is going, I'm not successful and I've never achieved anything and I'm pretty sad, your conscious mind, doesn't matter how much it has these wishes and desires, it's not going to believe that. But don't worry. If you had a bad upbringing, it doesn't mean that that your world's like dismal for the rest of your life. What these people have realized is you can change your subconscious mind. And one of the things that Bruce Lipton talks about, and actually another woman, Marissa Peer, I interviewed says the same thing. We can reprogram our subconscious mind. And a really, a really easy way to do that is, you know, at nighttime, you uh, you you put on a program, so it could be something that you know Bruce has on his um, website, or it's even yourself, almost saying these kind of affirmations, but saying it as if it's in a present moment text, like "I am happy," "I am wealthy," all that kind of thing. And literally, when you go to sleep, what comes on the subconscious mind? So you're literally, it's almost like a hypnotic state. Your mind is being reprogrammed to listen to these things, and the more that you do this the more the subconscious mind starts rewiring. Bruce also talks about just living your life, faking it till you make it. You might not be happy, but just keep telling yourself you're happy. You're happy, you're happy, you're happy. You know, the subconscious mind after a while, it's going to actually start believing this stuff. It's been proven. So the more that you fake it till you make it, as he says, the more the subconscious mind slowly starts to rewire. Like this is an amazing time that we're living in at the moment for all of this information. There was a stage not that long ago where people, the, the scientists thought 35 years old, we're hardwired, the brain ain't changing. So sorry, you haven't had a great life up until now. Well, the rest of your life's not great either. But now we know that's completely not true. So anyone is able to change their mind and the way that they're living from you know, you could be 90 years old and start doing this stuff and have the most fruitful rest of your life. We are living in this age of so much information where you are able to change the way that you're living to create the best life possible.
1: Yeah, great answer. And, and these two guys are, are really amazing at what they do. And, you know, when you consider on a daily basis, Alex, we have 70,000 thoughts, 90% of them thoughts are the same thoughts as the day before, and over 90% of the thoughts are subconscious thoughts. So what we just touched upon there just shows you the power of controlling our subconscious mind and basically pruning that garden every single day, being aware of the thoughts that you're having and and being mindful of the language and the way that you speak to yourself. Because at the end of the day, you know, you've interviewed so many people, but really what defines them is the story they're telling themselves about themselves. Completely. You know, can you expand on that? The people that you've interviewed have this great story about themselves and they want to be consistent and live up to that story.
0: So like Marissa Pierce, is a really good example, just touching on what you said about language. So she talks a lot about children as well. So like the way that we speak to our children, you know, you could say to your your daughter or your son, you are the most handsome boy in the world or you are the prettiest girl. I love you because you're so pretty. But you're telling them that you're loving them because, mm. you know, so what if what if they get to their teens and they're not so pretty anymore? They go through that awkward puberty stage and they think, Mom doesn't love me, dad doesn't love me anymore because they only love me because I was pretty. So language, as you mentioned, has so unbelievably powerful. And these people, they talk to themselves saying, I am enough. That's Marissa Peers' biggest thing. I am enough. I am enough. Mm-hmm. Because when you're born, the baby doesn't say, I am not enough. A baby is born, I am enough. They're not thinking. You know, oh, I, I I don't have any hair, and you know, I look like this. <laughs> <A> lot, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> they,
2: they,
0: they know that they are enough. It's it's that it's it's the environment around them that creates that insecurity. So if you can have, you know, especially with our children, if you can harness a beautiful environment for your kids, you're setting them up for life. You know, if you can have that subconscious mind wired to think that you know they're smart and they're you know all these sorts of things, then they're they're hitting the ground running so much, so much earlier than a lot of other children. Um also, you know one thing that a lot of these people do and that I do, which you know it's funny, if you would have told me this ten years ago, I would have been like, whatever, is meditation. Mm. I can't begin to tell you, I know it's such a buzzword. But really, meditation has been one of the biggest things that has changed my life and has changed nearly every single person that I uh, interview's life. The power of meditation is unbelievable. And, you know, when I first started meditation, when I was doing um, breakfast radio, I remember I'd come home in the middle of the day stressed out. I was thinking I had so many thoughts running through my head and I I would think like I, I don't even know what the thought was. Like there were that many thoughts. A thought would come in, come out, and it was like what the Buddhists called the monkey mind. It was just going everywhere and I felt I'm just not good at this. Like, you know, people talk about meditation. It's good for some people. It is not for me. But then I got into different types of meditation and, you know, Gabby Bernstein, who is a girl that I interviewed, she talks a lot about different kundalini types of meditation that have mantras that I've done. Joda Spencer has beautiful manifestation meditations as well as, you know, body, uh, different types of body kind of scan meditations. Uh, Johnny Pollard has, you know, amazing, amazing meditations at, at One Giant Mind. Sharon Salzberg, another um Buddhist teacher I taught has these love and kindness meditations. I found these meditations that worked for me. So literally every single morning I will get up and I've done this every single day for the past three years. I've not skipped one day. I will meditate for either an hour to to half an hour, but mostly usually about an hour every morning, and it's like the best time of my day.
1: Yeah, can you expand on that for people as well? So some great takeaways there for me were, were the fact that find something that works for you. There's so many different ways of meditating. There is no right or wrong way. Let's get that out in yes. the open. That's the way that works for you. And for people that don't have an hour, like I've got a, a three year old and a five year old, and you know, as soon as uh, their eyes open, we've got to go. Can you tell them the benefits of even finding 60 seconds? Because research has shown that even as little as 60 seconds of controlled breathing, mindfulness really changes your whole physiological as well as psychological state as well. So you don't necessarily need to do the hour, do you?
0: You don't. You don't need to do the hour. I just do the hour now because- You can. I I can, exactly. I wake up at at 5am and I do do the hour. But
3: Sarah, it's like running, right? You don't go out and start running a marathon. You might start with running down the block. So for you, you didn't start with an hour. As You said it was tough. You're like, I don't like this but now you're doing an hour
0: completely so i started off doing kind of 15 minutes like i said and then i did for a long time for about a year half an hour cuz i personally find my mind is so active that to get into that state of completely no thoughts well it's very rare that you get into absolutely no thoughts i think maybe like even some of the big, the biggest buddhist teachers struggle with that but to get into that state takes me a while so i feel that The longer I have, the more time I have to do that. But for anyone that's got 20 minutes even, to be able to sit there and have your mind calm, that is when we get this inspiration. So some of the biggest ideas I've ever had in my life have come through, which is ironic because you're supposed to meditate and not have any thoughts, (laughs) but it's what... you know, you're in spirit, in inspiration. It's where, you know, source is available to you for some people and you're able to get these ideas of things that, that would be good to do because the mind is clear. And when the mind is clear, you get into this unbelievable state. And that works in everyday life when you get out of that meditative state. You know, I was speaking to someone the other day I remember when, you know, my kids were young, well, they're not old now, but, you know, when they were younger, I remember I was stressed because of work and I used to always, you know, always shout at them a lot. Like I felt myself always kind of, you know, raising my voice. And it was almost like an out-of-body experience. Like I'd raise my voice at them and I'd be like, (laughs) what am I doing? You know, this is awful. This is not my personality. But when you're stressed and kids aren't doing what you want, that kind of happens. So, I noticed a couple of years ago after doing this work, I don't do that anymore because meditation allows you to have that time to stop and not react. And it's unbelievable to see how that's had such an amazing effect. And the fact that even something as simple as that, I mean, that must affect my children in the most positive way, as it has affected me. You know, moments where you would react, being in that meditative state allows you that To then go into the everyday life and not react. Your reactions are slower, so you're able to think before you react. And that within itself is such a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah, it's exciting, isn't it? When you think about, you know, science. It's so abundant now of research around the benefits of meditation, how it switches on the prefrontal cortex of the brain, which is the executive functioning part of the brain, like I like to call it, the adult in the room. And it overrides the armadillo part of the brain, which is the reptilian part of the brain, which is really the impulsive, aggressive part of the brain. And, you know, I, I dare to ask, but my parents used to yell a lot and now I yell at my kids. And once again, it's the way we're brought up. It's our beliefs. It's the way that we've seen other people behave. But the exciting thing that, you know, Sarah's sharing with us today is the fact that if we're conscious of these things, we can change them. Without awareness, it cannot be changed.
0: Well, that's exactly it. You know, uh, the way that I view life after speaking to all these people and doing all this work for so many years is so different. Like, things I, one of the best things that was ever said to me is like, life happens for you not to you you are the creator of your life so you know a lot of people say that everything in your life at the moment is a manifestation of what you've created and i truly believe that so you know you put out good to the world you're going to get good back and i'm not saying you won't have challenges because everyone has challenges we're here on this earth to learn but the way that you look at your challenges is completely different and the way that you get over your challenges is so is so different you don't look at life going, woe is me, why has this happened? Everything has that other meaning. And when you when you lift that veil on your life, it just, it, it is this divine, beautiful, flourishing way to be.
1: Yeah, perception is a choice. So we can see if it's a good day or a bad day as soon as we get up. So we've we've obviously taken a deep dive already in some of the common themes amongst some successful people, meditation. The way that we speak to ourselves. Um, is there anything else in particular that's jumped out with some of these people?
0: Yeah, the, some of the biggest teachings I've learned is, you know, you can't be the light and hold another in darkness, right? And I, I, I would, I had a guy that came on, and his name is Paul Selig, and he spoke about this, and it it, it is so profound but so true. You know, as soon as you put someone in darkness, you may as well adjoin them there because you cannot be the light and be bitching about your neighbour. You, yeah, you're
3: talking about just saying you're bitching about someone or being negative towards someone. Is this internal and external or exact, any it's approach?
0: Inter- it's internal and ex- external. So, you know, he says, you know, you can't call peace, peace, peace and then be angry at your neighbour. So you can't say, like, I'm all enlightened and I'm I'm this happy person and then start bitching about someone else. As soon as you hold such negativity or hatred towards a person, you're holding yourself in that darkness. And that's been a big thing as well. And as I touched on before with the Holocaust survivor, you know, she goes, I will never forgive, talking about, you know, the Nazis, I will never forgive, I will never forget, but I do not hate. And when I look at all the people, be it your Hamish and Andy or your Brendan Favolas who are more mainstream or a Kate Lambrook or your Bruce Lipton's, your Joe Dispenza's, your Gabby Bernstein's, None of these people hold hatred towards anyone. They because when you hate someone, you are enslaving yourself. And you know, hatred isn't uh, forgiveness. Is not about letting someone else off the hook. It's about self liberation. And that's one of the biggest things that I've learned from these people is to not harbour, even if it's not hatred, but but visceral dislike for people. Because really. That's only putting you into the, that jail cell. So that's one of the biggest things as well I think I've learned.
1: Buddha was quoted as saying that hatred is like swallowing poison and expecting your enemy to die. It only kills you. It's true. It's so true, you know, and and you talk about the importance of our thoughts, the importance of our words, the importance of the stories we tell ourselves. They're reflected on the outside physiologically. Um, you just touched upon it there. If you're harvesting these emotions, they're going to manifest themselves as well. So you can't, you know, expect these evil thoughts or bad thoughts to then be put onto somebody else.
0: Well, that's it. Another big one as well is the action of fear is to claim more fear. And that one speaks really loud and true. And again, a lot of these people say the same thing. Um, If you're living your life through fear and just being worried about everything that goes on, you're going to create more fear for yourself. So that's also a big thing. It's to not live in that fear-based mentality. When something happens that you may not like, Again, as we spoke about earlier, change the way you look at it. Wayne Dyer says "The change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And that is so true. You know, you could look at a situation and I could look at a situation and it's unbelievable how – both of the way that, that we look at the same thing can be completely different and that can have a completely different effect on us for the rest of our lives. So that's something that I really, I, I really tend to look at. I don't anymore think like, oh, why has that happened to me? You know, like, I can't believe it. I think, oh, that happened because then this happened. You know, everything can be looked at in a different way and in a more positive light you know it's not always a negative thing that has to be the the why something bad happened to you
1: well it's a choice and i think the exciting thing is honing in today is the power our mind has on our lives and how do we get there it's like a muscle you've got to flex it every day can you speak about habits because habits are something that are integral to success for most successful people aren't they
0: Definitely. There's something that was actually in one of Joe Dispenza's books, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, which sounds really basic, but it, I remember doing it and I was laughing with a, a girlfriend about it the other day. Um, it's basically when you start kind of doing this work and you have those negative thoughts, switch bang to a positive thought. And he used to say, you say change, say change. So you're ha- you're thinking to yourself and you you might be driving the car and you start having those kind of negative thoughts, you then th- think straight away of a positive thought and shift, straightaway shift. You know, Gabby Bernstein as well, uh, the reason before that I said that we were laughing about it is I used to do that in the car and my kids would be like, what are you saying, Mum? I'd be, change, change. <laughs> Mum, what are you saying? I'm like, don't worry about it, don't worry about <laughs> it. Um, uh, Gabby Bernstein, who I interviewed, talks about, you know, just moving always to that higher thought, so basically before you do this, know of something that gives you happiness. It might be thinking about your kids or thinking about an opportunity that you really want but you haven't got yet but brings you joy. As soon as that negative thought or emotion comes in, bang, think about that positive one. And I swear your 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 brain will start hardwiring to not think to the negative but to go to the positive. I promise you I did it and it 100% works.
3: The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. So just to recap on a couple of things, Sarah, I mean, it sounds like language is the key to training your subconscious brain, but the type of language we use is very, very important, which I want to get you to expand on in a, in a minute, because to do that, we have to be conscious of just saying to ourselves, oh, I'm going to be positive about this won't always help if we haven't actually set ourselves a proper purpose for what we're doing. Because if we're living in a, a world that's not conducive or we're doing something that's not truly making us happy just switching all the time and trying to find the positive might not always help us. So can you talk about finding your purpose and finding sort of the why of someone should do something the way they are or what they really truly love doing and how people have done that?
0: Well, uh, a big thing that I'm very into is manifestation. And basically anyone that knows anything about manifestation is by creating the life that you want. Um, a lot of people, Amit Goswami, he's a the- theoretical uh, quantum physicist, talks about it on a life of greatness, as well as uh, Bruce Lipton and Vishen Lakhiani from Mind Valley, who I spoke to. These people all live fabulous lives, and half the reason they have is through manifestation. So, what that is, I do it through meditation, uh, basically being in that meditative state and raising your vibration and your energy, and literally thinking of the things that you want in your life. And I try to do this most mornings, but you must have the energy behind the thought. So literally you're playing out in your head that new job you want, the you know, a- anything in your life that you want that is of the highest good for all. So definitely nothing that's going to be negative to any, anyone else. But say even if you wanted that new car, well, would that new car be able to get you to the job that you wanted? So that And that job that you want is going to help a lot of other people. So that is of the highest good for all. So- You may not be in the job that you want and feel like you don't have a purpose, but and that or that you do have a purpose, but you don't know how to get into the role or anything like that. I would say start manifesting this stuff. It it, I've seen it work for me and every single person that I have, not every single person, but most of the people that I've interviewed, especially the thought leaders and the uh, New York Times bestselling authors. They manifest every single day and they have the most beautiful life. So basically, it's literally in your mind creating that life that you want and being in the energy of what you want. And then when your eyes are open and that uh, meditation or whatever is finished, you go through your life knowing and staying in that energy that you think that you already have this thing in your life. And I know that sounds like a bit strange, like, okay, like I said that I wanted a car, but I don't have the car yet, you literally act like you have that car and that car will come to you.
1: That's important, isn't it? Yeah. Athletes use it all the time. Visualization, creating pictures in your brain, the brain. Athletes and Athletes do yeah, it. Yeah, all the time. We do it all yeah. the time. Researchers show time and time again. They took two groups of athletes. One group actually shot basketballs into the hoop physically. The other group shot basketballs in their mind alone. And then another group shot and visualized at the same time. And the group that excelled the most it was a group that used both so it's fascinating joe decina who we interviewed a few weeks ago alex he t- tells a story about how his wife gave him a book when he was struggling financially of these beautiful homes and um she said darling one day we'll own a home like this anyway uh the other day when he was in his house he opened up this book and on the first page of that book was the house that they ended up buying <laughs> unbelievable
0: well it's it's yeah. actually really interesting I, I did this thing called mind movies is actually australian uh kind of app, I suppose, or Australian program. So Mind Movies. And basically on the Mind Movie, it's like a storyboard, but it's really easy to use. It's on your phone. And you end up putting all these pictures of everything that you want in your life. And every night before bed, you then also put music that's really uplifting that you love. You put music to it and it's just on my phone and I sit there and I watch it and I literally look at it almost in like a hypnotic state, thinking that I already have this stuff and I did it a few years ago and you you can always update it, you know, because you get something new, you put something new. And I looked at the old one about a year after I'd done it and I thought, I have... N- Nearly got every single thing in this like two minute mind movie that I put together. All these images I have ticked off in my life. Like, I promise you, this stuff works.
3: But the interesting delineation you said, and we always look for the one percenters on this show, and Sarah, that's why it's so exciting to have you on. Vision boards, visualization, this is not new, but what you're saying, which is fascinating, is Is it serving you in a positive way in the greater good? Not just, I want a sweet car. Do I want a car that's going to help me get to my job and make me feel better and actually be comfortable for my family? Like those kind of deeper manifestations for something that is for the greater good is much better than just, I want a new car, you know?
0: (laughs) Well, that's it. And that takes me back to my answer at the start of what is a life of greatness. It's a life of service. Every single person I have interviewed when you ask them what is a life of greatness, they will say a life of service. That can be Hamish and Andy giving comedy to the world and making so many beautiful people happy. A life of service, that it is a life of educating other people or helping people or giving something to the greater good for all. So when you're doing that, things are going to flow a lot quicker because you're working in harmony. And as soon as you work in harmony, then bigger things open up for you.
1: And ultimately, we all want to be happy and healthy. So that's the key. Well, that's
0: it? it. That's it. And you know, you know, I know that you speak about diet a lot, and it's not something I really touch on a lot with the people that I speak to. But it's like having a healthy lifestyle as well. You know, there's no one that I interview that doesn't have a healthy lifestyle. Like That's a given. You know, waking up early, starting your day with maybe meditation or something like that, doing some exercise, making yourself feel good. Once you feel good, you're able to create anything that you want.
1: Yeah. And we focus so much on the external part of our being, which is our bodies. Yet we don't wash our minds on a daily basis. We don't feed our minds the right thoughts. So something that's very much abused and neglected in our society is this inner being that we don't feed, we don't clean, we don't pay attention to, yet it's the driving force between us and being unhappy and happy.
0: Well, that's it. And one of the biggest things, you know, uh, someone that I spoke to says is like knowledge is power in the age of knowledge that we have at the moment. And when I talk about knowledge, I don't mean watching the news every single day and becoming depressed. I I mean, literally learning about the mind-body connection, learning about how the brain works, learning about diet. We have all this information in front of us, we have podcasts, we have books, we have so many amazing things. Immerse yourself. I will constantly be immersing myself in texts, in podcasts. And, you know, the more that you do that, the more you're able to learn and the more you're able to learn, the more you're able to enhance your life. It's a it's a really, really pertinent thing to be able to keep doing.
1: And I think you've shared with us there that it's important to have that growth mindset to always mm. want to be coming better. And I always say the most powerful thing in the world is compounding interest. Just improving 1% a week (laughs) is a big improvement over the course of a year. Whether it's weight loss, I say to people all the time, they all want to lose 10 kilos in a couple of weeks. But if I said to you, you lose a kilo a week over 52 weeks, there's 52 kilos, Alex. It's a lot of weight, you know? So, So gratitude, can you touch upon the importance of gratitude too? Because once again, that's something that people are looking for happiness. And I think gratitude is something that underpins that.
0: Completely. Gratitude is the number one thing to get you back into a positive mindset. So, you know, it's something that I do within my meditation every day. It's at the end. I will raise my, you know, my energy and start thinking about all the things in my life that I give gratitude and also the gratitude to the things that I've tried, to, uh, I've been manifesting in my life as well. So, you know, as soon as you are in that kind of negative headspace, if you can just simply Get out of that and start thinking about things in your life that you're happy for. I mean, Taria Pitt spoke a lot about that in my most recent interview with her. She spoke about, you know, starting the day and, you know, writing something simple as a gratitude journal. I mean, uh, you know looking at the things in your day that you're excited for. She was saying, you know, I was excited to come and do this interview with you. That was in my gratitude journal. I was excited to get a hot coffee. Like it doesn't have to be like huge things. These can be simple things that just make you happy. And, um, another, another really big thing as well is completely reframing negative thoughts. You know, we kind of touched on that before, but Taria Toria mentioned that, you know, she has to go in for different operations every year, and it's awful. Like, the operation's hurt, and no one wants to have an operation. They're under anesthetic and all that stuff. But she goes in, and she uses gratitude and goes... I'm going to go in for the operation, but how cool is it? I get to see the team of people that s- saved my life mm. that I don't get to catch up so much with, so I'll get to catch up with them. I can then have the operation and I can be at home and I have an excuse to just watch Netflix for like a week or so and that's really fun and like my husband has to cook for me and do a lot of that work. So she's taking a negative situation, reframing it and giving all this beautiful gratitude for the positives in it. And, I mean, if someone like her can do that, we can all give it a go. It's really not that hard.
1: So powerful, isn't it? I use it yep. for myself when I was going bald. I was like, you know what? <laughs> going to save so much money on barbers, <laughs> no, no hair gel, and I don't have to worry about getting my hair wet in the rain. So but it's a different lens. It's, <laughs> it's really helpful, yeah. You know, it's about your perspective. And so uh, asking you, um, is there any routines or, or daily things outside of the meditation and the mindfulness stuff that you do that you, you make sure you include in your day to be your best?
0: Yes, well I think that exercise is a big thing for me. I don't do it every day because uh, with kids and stuff it's mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to do that every day, but also I think you know there was a stage I was when uh, I was younger that I was doing it a bit more. I was able to and I actually like kind of just doing it three or four times a week because that actually allows my body to just rest too, mm. which I think is a nice thing. So, you know, I'll go to the personal trainer or, or this morning I had a boxing session which I absolutely love. Or there's one day a week where I'll go take my dog for a big, you know, hour-long walk, but it's vigorous and we I listen to a podcast or music or an audio book or something like that, that just sets up my day in a really, really positive way and, it, you know, your endorphins are, are racing and you just, you're happier. So that's something that I make sure that I do every day. And also a gratitude journal. I'll do that a lot at nighttime. Like I'll go through the things in my day that have happened and what I was most grateful for. It's good to do that sometimes in the morning and in the evening, but you know, one, if if you only have time to do that and even if you don't have time to write it it's nice sometimes i go to sleep thinking about that or sometimes i go to sleep thinking about the people in my life that i want to give love and light to and i imagine them you know i imagine the people in my head and i you know will imagine them with a white light around them they might be sick and it might be people that have actually annoyed me as well but i don't want to go to bed with these negative emotions so i'll I'll think about think about them in a, in a positive mindset. And then the mind movie, like we spoke about, I try and do that every night before bed as well because that when you're going to bed thinking of these amazing things, well, hello, your subconscious mind is now wired to manifest all these amazing things that you want in your life. So that's, that is that is my routine.
1: That's awesome. And sleep's so important. You just touched upon it there, getting yourself in the right state and having the right environment to go to sleep at night. Are there any other little things you do to help you get a good night's well, sleep?
0: Well, I I sleep pretty well, but touching on sleep is a a really great thing. I noticed a week or two ago that I just had a lot of things on at night time. And I try, you know, I have a busy day at work. I try not to do a lot of things during the week. And it just happened that I had things on and I wasn't getting enough sleep. And I was probably exhausted for that whole week. And it's you really notice how your brain does not function in the same way if you're not getting the amount of sleep that's right for you. And I know for myself, I really do need that seven to eight hours of sleep a night. Like every person's different, but I think for me that's key. And I know now that not to book a lot of things at nighttime because really – having a lack of sleep doesn't make me function in a positive way. And, you know, you can have all these tools and tricks that I've talked about, but if you're sleep deprived, sometimes it's very hard for the mind to look at things in a positive way. So sleep is definitely a key thing. And um, I try to get a decent amount of it, but I've usually always like for my whole life, I've, I've slept well. So, and definitely now using all these tools that I spoke about, I don't worry or get anxious about things anymore because I don't view things in the same way that I used to. Yeah.
1: So your perception and the ability to meditate and do all these things like um, visualization help with sleep. We often ask people, you know, if they had one opportunity to give someone a book, uh, what would that book be?
0: It would be a book that I have gifted to a lot of people, which is Gabby Bernstein's The Universe Has Your Back. It's a beautiful book. And it's um one of the first kind of metaphysical type of texts that I I read and it's it's really, it is a lot about what we spoke about, changing the way that you think to change your life and knowing that there is a bigger purpose at play. And again, what I said earlier, that life just doesn't happen to you, it happens for you and you are the creator of your life. It's a really, really beautiful text and has a heap of good different tools and tricks to help you uh, basically have the best life possible. So that's definitely a book that I would suggest.
1: Well, I think you just answered my next question, which was if you had the opportunity to put a billboard up in Times Square, what would that say?
0: Yeah, the universe has your back. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Sarah Greenberg <laughs> from the podcast, A Life of Greatness, or it sounds like a life of greatness is a life of gratitude. Thank you for spending the time with us. And I think we're going to have you on again after you've given more people to find out what you've further learned. Thanks again.
0: Thanks so much for having me.
3: Pleasure. Remember, if there's someone that you want us to hack into for you on your behalf, let us know who it is and what questions you want us to ask them by emailing us via helphacker at themanshake.com.au or jump onto Adam's Manshake socials on the Podcast One Australia socials. Help Hacker was created in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Written and presented by Adam McDougal, Produced and presented by Alex Mitchell. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. To listen to more episodes, search Health Hacker Podcast. Listen for free at podcastoneaustralia.com.au or download the Podcast One Australia app.
2: Walmart Plus members save on Meeting Up With Friends.